ready for a new episode of KP Talks Dollars and Cents. Learn financial literacy and get real-time updates on all things housing, finance, and real estate with your host, Kevin Perenio. As an owner and C-level executive for 20-plus years in finance, KP is here to serve you with all of his knowledge and experience. Whether you're a broker, realtor, or just interested in the economy, this is the podcast for you. So let's get started. Here's your host, Kevin Perenio. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. Hope you had an amazing Thanksgiving holiday. You got all your deals out the door. We got just a couple days left in this month to put some people in homes for the new holiday month of December. We're pretty purchase heavy right now in the industry, but I got a lot of news to talk about. I'm going to try and wrap up within 10 minutes, and I never do, and I always have something left over from the last time. So here we go. Tomorrow is the last home price index, the HPI number, for September home price um, appreciation. Now, we are anticipating that it would come out and be, uh, would show a decline in pricing, which every single HPI reading, monthly reading, um, has done so since May. Now, our loan amounts that we can lend on are based on this information. And tomorrow, the 29th, you, some of you will wake up and watch this video in the morning, is the last reading of the 12 months of data. So September of 21 is being replaced tomorrow, and the math will tell us what the new conforming loan amounts are going to be. We will know tomorrow. So there are some people out there, uh, Mortgage Pros 411, if you follow uh, uh, Audrey and uh, Kevin, they've got, uh, they've got a bet going out there. Do you have your crystal ball out there? Nobody has a crystal ball like my boy Bear Habib, but I did place a bet that we would get our information tomorrow, and the new conforming loan amount will be $703,000. Just a guess, just a bet. I have no idea, but I do think it's going to be over $700,000, which obviously is not $715,000. If you remember, um, a lot of us lenders, we rolled out the higher loan amount earlier uh, in the year, but the last data point comes out tomorrow. And then the high balance counties, counties like, you know, LA and San Francisco and New York and Boston. They pivot, I believe, 150% off the new conforming loan amount. So we could have overall $1 million high balance loan amount that we'll know as of tomorrow. So my projection is 703,000 conforming loan amount, which gives you 100, let's see, 1 million and 54,000 high balance loan amount. Just a guess. We'll see. But anyway, that's big data coming out tomorrow. And we've got tons of other data coming out. Consumer sentiment, how are they feeling? You know, they felt pretty good on Friday, on Black Friday. All these retailers, they got in the black on their bottom line, right? They're profitable. $9.1 billion in sales were done on Black Friday, last Friday, a record day. Today, $11.2 billion was projected uh, for Cyber Monday. So more people, again, buying online than they did um, you know, on Black Friday last week in person in stores, fighting all the, uh, the crowds, if you will. Um, pales in comparison to the $140 billion dollars done in the two-day shopping spree in China, known as Singles Day, which that occurred about a month ago. But they're going through some craziness right now. So um, there's their weird zero COVID policy. They just, for whatever reason, they just got to lock people up. Videos are coming out, uh, people being locked in, um, you know, their houses and they can't, they can't get out. They're being fed by people cruising by on scooters. Some people are watching the World Cup and watching 88,000 people you know, watch uh, the greatest, you know, tournament that happens only every four years, you know, watching these people in the stands with no masks 
and Cutter, you know, and you know, which is you know not exactly the the freest place in the world, um, you know, but out there enjoying soccer, no masks, not locked up. I mean, there was like um, a bus that you know flipped over and killed a bunch of people inside of it uh, that were being transported that were COVID patients. There was a fire apparently where people were locked in and got killed because they were locked in from the outside and could escape a fire because of the weird zero COVID policy. So, so the economy shutting down these 180 major cities around China, which is impacting the price of oil, uh, which of course may impacting you know stocks that you trade. But nevertheless, I digress. Hopefully, they will turn the corner in China, and uh, Russia will continue to pull out and. Uh, the economy will come and bring balance, and the Santa Claus rally may be intact. What is the Santa Claus rally? It's kind of known as a seasonal trend where stocks do well, the stock market does well. I'm not a financial advisor. I am not responsible for your losses, only your profits. But hear me out. We've got a bunch of news coming out this week. Um, obviously, we've got a Q3, uh, a, a third quarter GDP reading. It's like a revision. Um, we've got uh, Fed J. Powell speaking on Wednesday, which is interesting, before they go into the blackout period, which happens two Saturdays before the next Fed Open Market Committee meeting every single time. So in this case, December 3rd, Saturday, all the Fed speakers have to shut up until the Fed minutes, uh, well, the Fed statement is read for the December 14th meeting by Jay Powell, which is uh, December 14th, which there's a CPI reading on the 13th, Consumer Price Index, which we all saw the last time the CPI uh, came out, there was less inflation than expected, and interest rates literally rallied over half a point in one day. So this week we also have what's called a PCE read, which you know is usually seen as the Fed's preferred inflation read, the personal consumption expenditure. Now our good friend Barry at MBS Highway really, he and his team they really break down this uh, this number. The PCE he said on his update today, um, you know, has less of a weighting on housing, which we all know is. Um, still, you know, there's inflation there. Uh, you know, certainly year over year, there's inflation. It's a lag effect, but it's more of the PCE is more of a consumption expenditure. So people are spending less on rent, right? There's less, um, you know, owner's equivalent rent. We've seen in live real time expenditures. Obviously, in housing, we know there's been a recession because there's higher interest rates and less business being done. So um, also that coupled with less of an uh, influence of housing in the PCE, we already know the gas prices have been coming down and oil, natural gas, all these uh, things, you know, you know, some commodities here and there, copper, they've been coming down. So we do think that there is a chance for a lower inflation read on the PCE later this week, which could help trigger uh, the beginning of that Santa Claus rally in the stock market. I don't know, maybe just a, just a thought. Uh, maybe you want to buy some S&P calls, just saying. Uh, sold my puts today, made a little money. Uh, anyway, um, so we have some other things coming out Friday. Well, before Friday's jobs report, we've got ADP payroll reports. We've got the JOLTS report. We've got the weekly jobless claims report. And then the big November Bureau of Labor Statistics jobs report, which is really the second half of October and the first half of November for the November jobs report. But remember, I will hearken back to uh, something I remember and recall that Barry said and team said when they dug deep into that um, jobs report, which he hasn't said this week, but I remember when they said it the last time it came out, there were over 280,000 jobs lost for the October jobs report. But it didn't come out as a net loss because there is this wonky birth death uptick 
in that report. And remember, it was right before the midterm election. So not a conspiracy theorist here, but, you know, data can be played with. And, you know, uh, it was a very positive jobs report. And, uh, you know, maybe that birth death wonky line item, which covered up a 280,000 job losses, won't be there this time, coupled with actually maybe more job losses. We know the tech industries have been um, been announcing really big about their uh you know, their jobs, uh, layoffs, their hiring freezes. So we could have uh, a surprise, maybe less good news again on this jobs report, which, you know, if you look and couple that with all the data we're seeing, uh, the ADP, the jolts, job opening, labor turnover report, plus the weekly jobless claims, if it remains elevated, that 1.5 million of elevated jobless claims. If there's less job openings, you know, we've been over 10.5, 10.7, maybe we're down below 10 million, these are things that could then get us, you know, over that hump, right? The Fed wants to break down the, the wage inflation spiral. If you can't just quit your job and take a higher paying job, which then forces higher, you know, wages out there chasing less goods, which we know the good prices are coming down, then maybe together with a PCE read and some of these inflation reports like the last CPI and PPI, inflation is being tamed. That could all be stuff that would make the Fed funds rate maybe not go as high as 5% like St. Louis Fed President uh, Jim uh, Raging Bullard has been saying out there and spooking the markets. Maybe the terminal rate's only 4.5. Maybe it's, it's 4.75. Maybe it gets to 5. We'll keep watching that CME tool. Okay. Hurricane season is officially over on Wednesday when Jay Powell speaks. I'm a Florida uh, resident for 13 years. I'm a Texan native. I'm now in California, but I've been through many hurricanes. Seeing the eye of the storm of Katrina actually went right over my house in Fort Lauderdale. We had two major hurricanes, which Fiona, which ripped through the Caribbean, and of course Ian. We had eight uh, 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 hurricanes, two major, and then 14 named storms. No hurricanes in August since the first time it's happened since 97. Our first time in 40 years we had a hurricane in November. And then, of course, Hawaii, to end the hurricane season, has uh, Mauna Kea, their big mount, uh, volcano erupting, hopefully just only an ash advisory, erupting like my three-year-old did at 3 a.m. last night. Prayers to everybody out there. Cheers. Hey, it's KP coming to you live from Corona, California. It is late here on a Thursday, but not super late. Last week of the week, and there is so much to talk about. I will not get through it all. I got notes this time because I want to rip through it. So we're going to go fast-paced. I'm going to fire at you, okay? Supply, supply, supply. That is the big issue we have with all sorts of things. We have a shrinking supply of money thanks to the Fed, and that's the only supply that can really impact. The rest is demand. But we have a shrinking labor force. We have a uh, shrinking supply of population. So we've got supply of labor, supply of population, which impacts inflation, which I'll talk about that. Uh, we've talked about um, our supply chain in the last couple of years which seems to be getting fixed. But then with less demand, you have less, uh, you know, obviously need for your supply. So you have this supply glut for our retailers. And once they get through that here in Q4, the holiday season, we've already seen manufacturing coming down. So we're going to have less supply of goods going forward because our economy has shifted from buying lots of goods because, of course, credit is now expensive thanks to the Fed. So there's less cars, less this, less furniture, less credit cards, less loans, less everything. Obviously, housing, we know what's going on there with interest rates. Um, and so with all of that impacting uh, more expensive money, crushing demand, meaning we need less supply out there 
we have one last real supply issue to deal with when rates do come back around as we enter into a recession. For those of us that are following me, my Antonio Brown fans here, let's put it on for you. We have no housing supply if rates come down again. And they came down again this week when the Fed spoke. They came down with the last CPI report. We have another CPI report coming on December 13th, plus a Fed meeting on the 14th. So we'll get into all that, but supply, supply, supply. We have a real problem, and it's not going to get fixed by the Fed, and they know that, and they talked about it this week. All right, before I get into that, let's talk about uh, our industry for a second. And so one of the things that I think um, my videos have a unique quality to it is as an owner, as a shareholder in a lender, a three-channel lender, by the way, privately owned, um, you know, we, uh, we get access to a lot of information and obviously I see a lot of stuff here at PRMG. Don't talk a lot about PRMG. I try and build a community that's kind of agnostic, just things we can all talk about. But I do have some insights. And I can tell you right now that no lender is making money on originations. No lender. Not, not brokers, not, uh, you know, I'm talking about lenders, okay? So lenders lending money are chasing, um, you know, mortgage-backed securities where we've seen mortgage uh, you know, uh, margin compression. So there's just no money in it right now. So a lot of ways that lenders offset the fact that there's literally, you're losing money originating loans, is that you have an MSR, mortgage servicing rights. So your mortgage servicing right portfolio is uh, a nice, um, illiquid asset. Now it does throw off some cash, right? So depending on how big your portfolio is, it throws off some cash. And that can help you get through the lean times when you're going through uh, a bad origination or profitability cycle, which everyone's going through right now, everyone. So you see a lot of the larger lenders in the news, the ones that are public that have to share uh, their strategies, they're selling servicing. So they're turning an illiquid asset because there is less supply of liquidity out there, thanks to the Fed, and that less supply of liquidity, that less cash flow, because there's less loans with less margin in them for everybody, you can take your illiquid asset and you can sell your MSR. You can sell your servicing and create liquidity. Now, in that, I saw an article on IMF earlier this week, which really caught my eye. And it said that Fitch Ratings has raised warnings about servicing and non-bank capital. Now, I'm not taking shots at non-banks um, because if you read uh, Chris Whalen's Institutional Analyst, he's got some great articles that come in MNN every now and then. He says the depository banks got a real problem. I mean, he's calling some of the biggest ones insolvent because if they had to mark to market their MSRs, I mean, think about all the loans we did with a three coupon or three and a half coupon. You have this three and a half percent rate, 3.875% note rate that's out there. You can't sell those right now. Nobody wants to buy those in the markets because there's not enough yield and return compared to a 10-year treasury, which got up to much as 4.3, although it has come down uh, in the last uh, couple trading sessions down to uh, three point, I believe, five zero uh, on the ten year. Pretty big drawdown, um, you know, in concert with the dollar coming down in volume. Now we've also seen four hundred eighty five basis points since October, uh, middle of October, twenty eight trading sessions. Four hundred and eighty five basis points on um, the uh, the mortgage backed security, the universal mortgage backed security. So, you know, that doesn't all translate right to your rate sheet, but we do know that rates are getting better. So there's a less supply of money. There's less liquidity. So bear with me here. Fitch Ratings is saying that they called out two people. Um, you know, they said Provident and uh, Finance of America. 
um, which we know Finance America uh, is owned by Blackstone, and they shut down their front-end lending operations. They still have a servicing portfolio. So what Fitch is saying is they're worried um, about companies that have a lot of their tangible equity wrapped up in mortgage servicing rights, MSRs, an illiquid asset. Okay, so, you know, it's, it's right to ring that bell and raise that concern. These are some of the cracks that you talk about when the Fed raises rates, draws down the money supply, uh, shrinks liquidity. These are the things that start to break. Okay, you start to hear things breaking. Now, we all saw the FTX platform, uh, or the crypto, uh, you know, breakage. And a lot of you are just dismissing that. Yeah, it's $16 billion, was $33 billion. But, you know, that weird dude with the funky hair that talks weird, that's going around on things. You know, thing, the guy thinks he's smart than everybody, made a ton of money. Now he's only worth whatever, whatever. It's crypto. Crypto is just this, you know, this fake thing. You can say that all you want, but that is a contagion. And real, real smart people with real smart money lost real money. And so these are the kinds of cracks you start to see that make you think about contagions and things going into a recession. You want to talk about another thing that happened today. Today. Trading on a Blackstone Real Estate Investment Trust. Now, it's, it's, a, it's not a traded asset on a public market, but investors, smart money. I mean, the president of Blackstone himself put $100 million of his own money into this $69 billion REIT. It's called the B REIT. Okay? Now, people are looking at the cracks in real estate. They see what we're going through in housing, and they see what's going on in real estate. And some of these people that have money in this REIT are pulling money out. They were redeeming their money. Now, there's a cap. 2% of that fund can be redeemed max in a month or 5% in a quarter. So some guardrails around it. So it's like an analogy of like a run on a bank. And so um, now this REIT sold 49.5% share of MGM Grand and Mandalay Bay, and they raised $730 million in net profit which the way a REIT is structured, the money goes back out as, um, you know, as dividend, as payouts to the owners of the REITs, these people who invested in this $69 billion REIT. So, but it, it's got a lot of property in it, a lot of commercial property and rental property, right? And so it's illiquid. It's not a, it's not a liquid asset. It's not cash. You know, bond traders, they say, uh, you know, uh, are, are always grumpy, right? Because the best they can do is par. The best they can make is break even, right? Just like Jim Cramer says, you invest in bonds not to lose money. You invest in stocks to make money. And this liquidity, we're starting to see cracks. Now, of course, we had another AMC stock, you know, the, uh, the movie theater, the meme stock. We saw another halt of its trading today. And, of course, you may dismiss that like you dismissed the FTX or like BlockFi that, uh, you know, uh, filed for bankruptcy. But Blackstone are not stupid people. They are very smart. And Fitch is talking about uh, non-banks that have servicing that are run by very smart people. And I know these people. And so you're starting to see some cracks. I'm not a doomsdayer. I'm just saying less money supply and some of the stuff that the Fed's doing, they're starting to break things. And Jay Powell sounded pretty dovish on Wednesday when he spoke. And the market rallied. It was a Santa Claus rally. And I did close out my trade this morning. Trust me, I'm way down. I ain't bragging. I'm not responsible for your losses only your profits. And I'm way down year to date. But I had a nice rip because he started to sound a little dovish. Because he started to see some of these things. PCE came down, right? Inflation, core inflation came down to 5%. Not quite the 2% target. 
very sticky, right? And we'll talk about some of the things he said that are sticky. Um, but, you know, um, I mean, gosh, I could get into so much stuff here. I could do another 10-minute video, but I only got like 20 seconds. Conforming loan amounts went up. I was wrong. It was $726,200. i am glad to be wrong. Surprised the upside. So now the high balance, 150% of that is $1,089,000 high balance loan. Unbelievable. So less supply, lower rates, chasing less housing supply. Supply, supply, supply. Have a great weekend. Cheers. You've been listening to KP Talks Dollars and Cents, a top-rated show for those who want to learn about the economy and mortgage environment. Tune in each week for more episodes, and please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Kevin Perenio does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through KP Talks Dollars and Cents. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice. For more info, follow KP Talks Dollars and Cents on all of our social channels.